Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown, the podcast where we take a deeper look into teams, coaches, and trends of the NBA. I'm your host, Coach Mark Tinklenberg. It's time to settle in and enjoy as we talk about the league. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Knuck If You Buck, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, Spanning the Spurs, and the LA Hoops Pod, plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Here we go. Welcome back to X's and O's NBA Breakdown. I'm your host, Mark Tinklenberg. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Herringa and Zach Walker. I want to take a second, remind you guys to add us on Twitter and Instagram at X underscore breakdown and subscribe and listen to our pod while giving us that five-star review on Apple podcasts. Every review means the world to us. So please continue to do that. It allows us to continue doing what we love to do this week. This episode is all about the season preview. What do each conferences look like to us? How do the teams stack up? But before we start this episode, I'd like to take a second and thank Jack Gibbs for coming on last week. If you haven't heard the episode last week, Jack had some unbelievable stories about life as a pro, what it's like playing in the NBA, life overseas, um, dealing with uh, learning a whole bunch of new information at the professional level with the playbooks, um, how to be a good point guard and everything that comes with being a really good basketball player and just a really good person. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one last week. I love some of the behind the scenes stuff about um, what he thinks it takes to to be good and what he sees and who he models his game after. Uh, one of the things he talked about towards the end of the episode, which specifically now is super important. He talked about um, what it takes specifically to overcome injuries, but the mental health of being stuck overseas after he had an injury. And we just here at X's and O's NBA Breakdown want to say, hope everybody out there is doing okay. It's a tough time. We are uh, just hanging out, talking some NBA, but we know that it's tough out there for you guys. So please uh, take some time, take a deep breath. We hope you enjoy the next 45 minutes or so and that uh, this is a spot in your day that you just to, you just get to smile a little bit, but take care of yourselves at Absolutely. I think that question ended up being one of the not better questions, but the answer that ended up getting provided resonated with all of us in a certain way um, that kind of just like, hey, 2020 has been this hard year for everybody. And yeah, I know we tried to relate it to the injuries that gave him this mental health, but in general, how how hard keeping your mental health in a good place can be. And one of my favorite quotes that Jack gave us at the end was allowing yourself to be vulnerable with the people that you love. 
and how important that can be to keep surrounding yourself with the people that can support you and not to be scared to be weak, as he said, but it's not being weak. It actually is being stronger when you can admit those things. Um, so again, stay, stay healthy, stay safe out there and uh, stay in the light. As a, as my mother always said, Tink, can you take us back? What we got on this episode? Yes, sir. So with that, again, Jack, thank you for being on our episode last week. Um, if you're listening, I hope you are. Um, Go check it out. It was great. It was unbelievable. All right. So this week's episode, guys, uh, we are going to give you a quick preview of the NBA season and what that looks like, where teams are stacked up. And, um, and we're going to start in the Eastern Conference. So we're going to talk a little bit and we're going to do this by tiers. So we have some teams as the top tier, the, the middle tier and maybe the bottom tier of playoff capable teams. Um, and so we're going to start in the East and we're going to start with tier one. Um, we're going to start with the defending Eastern conference champs, the Miami heat. Well, I'm going to start, I'm going to start with this. We've had this conversation about coaching, right? I, we all sort of watched the playoffs, uh, a little bit like this kind of chatting and texting through it all. And Mark, I remember I texted you, I said, and, and I think it was three series in a row that I said, Hey, if Spo were coaching on the other sideline, would that team have won that series? Because it just felt like who, whoever they had, they didn't have the most talent, but they are such a good team. And Spo squeezes every bit of what that team has out on the floor. And I just, I love watching them. Uh, my boy Duncan Robinson is just splashing all over the place. Um, but I, do you remember that conversation? It's just like he, he could take – what was that old football quote? He'll take yours or he'll take his and beat you and he'll take yours and beat you. It yeah. just felt like he was the difference in a lot of those series. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He, the coaching staff there is, as we've said in, the, in previous episodes, it's a top three coaching staff in the league, right? And, and uh, they've made a couple key changes at the guard position. Bringing in Avery Bradley helps them even more defensively on the perimeter with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, who aren't known as defensive players, uh, getting him to be a bulldog on the ball end to end, helping Jimmy Butler mixes perfectly with Jimmy Butler. Um, and then on top of that, you have the coaching and you have a star in Bam, um, who I think takes another step this year, obviously just signed the big contract. Um, Which so, is scary because he's already phenomenal. Correct. Correct. And so we see them as right now and deservedly so until somebody uh, dethrones them out of out of the East, which could happen um, in the regular season. But we see them as a top tier team in the regular and postseason. Yeah. And the other team we're go to next will be Milwaukee. Obviously, the regular season champs as they've been the last couple seasons. Right. Um, just resigned Giannis for another super or super max deal, five years, 228 million, big, big time. I honestly did not know that they were going to all guaranteed, correct? All guaranteed. Oh my God. That's a lot of money. Yeah. All that's guaranteed. I didn't, I didn't know if he was going to sign. Obviously the, his, his teammates were sending him all the pins and everything like that for him to get to sign, which was kind of funny. Um, but they're a team that I'll give them the regular season. I, I don't know with the bringing Drew Holiday will be their biggest addition, right? With that Eric Bledsoe trade. Great, great wing. He can play one through three um, at a decent 
rate, you know, 19 points per game, two steals. So we'll see what they, he does to add to hopefully get over that playoff hump and make it to that conference finals and maybe to the finals on the East. What do you guys think? Yeah, they are an unbelievable regular season team, right? They're built for that. And, you know, Giannis talked a little bit about talking to Kobe, right? After he won his first MVP and Kobe said, all right, go get another one. And, uh, and he did, but I think, I think his next step is to figure out how to score um, in the playoffs when everybody is, I mean, when it's not an 82 game slate, right? You're playing the same team over and over and over and they are uh, they're scheming for you and they're setting their defense up for you. And so I think it all, it all rests on him. I mean, we can talk about Drew, we can talk about the rest of the team, but if he's going to, you know, be that top echelon player, he's got to do it in the playoffs and he hasn't yet. Now he's phenomenal. But I mean, that's, I think that's what it boils down to. Yeah. My only thing is, is, you know, you lost or you gained Drew Holiday, but you lost Eric Bledsoe in the meantime. And to me, that's, it's as close to a wash as, as you can probably find in the NBA. I do think Drew is an upgrade. He's younger. He is a, he is a better defender. Um, but Eric Bledsoe is no slouch. And so, you know, is that enough? And like you said, how do you get through a seven game series if you're Giannis and how do you figure out when a defense is loading up on you? That's going to be their question mark moving forward. Uh, the next team uh, that I personally feel like could come out of the East uh, and make it to the NBA finals is the New Jersey Nets. Uh, KD and Kyrie back. They're healthy. Uh, they got a great supporting cast. Um, they got guys uh, in Karis Levert and uh, they have um, who's their, who's their center that they have. Oh, Andre, Andre Jordan. Jordan. Um, so they have, they got shooters. They have good role players. They still have Spencer Dinwiddie. He never got traded. Um, they have a really good roster. They obviously have a lot of uncertainty with Steve Nash as a first year head coach, but that's KD's guy They're, He worked with him in golden state. Um, it was awesome to see KD back. And um, as much as he, uh, has had his instances off the court and within social media and seems a little strange. That is a flat out Hooper. I mean, that's one of the top two or three players in the league. And you can tell he, he really doesn't look like he missed a step after a serious Achilles surgery. Get ready for him to come out and just kill on the basketball court. I think we're going to see him try to take that mantle of no, I'm the best player from LeBron um, as that went back a couple seasons ago. So, you know, he believes that he's the best player. He's probably the best scorer. I mean, if you think about it and what he can bring to the court, he's probably the best scorer. I'll take him over James Harden any day. I just will with what his skill set is. Um, he's he's going to go out there and destroy some people. Yeah, it's been 500 days. Did I hear that right? That he's been on a basketball court competitively? Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I, you know, he when you talk about the social media stuff, he, I think, and, and it was, it was said that he felt like because he won in golden state, right. He won those championships over LeBron. Why doesn't he have the mantle of number one? Well, this year he's got a chance to prove it too. It's a really top heavy team, right. When with the names, cause you got Katie and Kyrie, um, which I think will be an interesting mix, but yeah. So that's our, that's our top three. We broke this into three tiers, right? So we got Milwaukee, Miami, and the Nets. 
And uh, so our tier two, we're gonna we're gonna get into that next tier, and that's one of those teams is the Raptors, right? Raptors are another team, great system. They don't have that that sort of transcendent star that you're gonna look at. Uh, they got some really good players. I am uh, Kyle Lowry. It just always I, I i'm always surprised at how good he is yeah they're as close to the miami heat in terms yeah. of that toughness factor that you can find in the nba right and, and, and coaching to say that. and coaching so coaching toughness defensively they're as close to the miami heat as you can find with probably a little less talent um but this is the year that we need to find out about pascal siakam the yep. keys have been handed over to him at the wing position slash forward position. Um, he needs to be able to do more. Similarly to Giannis in the playoffs, um, the scouting report was out on him and yep. he didn't have the keys or the bag yet to figure it out. And that's going to be the question mark for the Raptors because Kyle Lowry will help them, but that's their guy. That's their, that's their flex guy that, that is handling the ball. That's playing forward. That's on the wing shooting threes. He's their guy. So he's got to find a way to step up. They will continue to be a team that will take other teams in the playoffs to six and seven games. That that's going to be their mantra. And they're, they're going to, it's going to come down to that last game in these series to see how far they can go, depending on what their matchup is, but they're, they're always going to be a team that no one wants to see in the playoffs when the season ends. Yeah. And that, that leads us directly to our next team. Um, who I think we are going to see them have a battle with in the playoffs in that four or five spot. And that, that comes in as the Philadelphia 76ers, who was our pick uh, as the free agency winner first episode. Um, and with new coaching staff, some new players, can this be the year that they actually make the step, get to that Eastern Conference Finals, roll the dice and maybe get there? Um they have the players, they have the talent, they now have the coaching staff. They added some veterans, Dwight Howard, Danny Green, just won a championship with the LA Lakers. Um, they have Tobias Harris. They obviously have Ben Simmons. They have Joel Embiid. That's a really good roster in the East. Size, guards, wing depth. Um, we're looking forward to seeing them have a big year. I think the talent on the 76er squad, as we've seen the last few years on paper, is pretty close to unmatched when you go position by position. It always comes down to maturity for me. Um, and Embiid is that main conversation that I'll have when I, when I think of somebody in maturity is, is Embiid mature to take the leadership mantle and really keep running with this team. One of the, the tweets that I'll always go back to when Trevor Booker was coming over from the 76ers a few seasons ago to the Pacers, and he talked about how relieved he was to get out of that locker room because all of the young kids, all they're doing is not listening to the coach. They're all on their phones, not paying attention. That's an issue for me. It actually kind of made me not enjoy and beat him and respect him as much as I feel like I should, because his talent is incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. It feels like all of these teams or a majority of these teams so far have that player that is the what if player, right? If they take that jump, then, you know, they have the opportunity to get over the top. Embiid is that player. Simmons is with a, a little bit with, you know, can he score? Can he be a three-level scorer as opposed to an at-the-rim guy and, a, and an assist guy? He's getting better and better every year. But, they're, yeah, they're another team that have a couple of those what-if guys. If they can, then they will kind of guys. So our, our third team in this Tier 2 in the East is 
you, you know, you talk about coaching, we talk about those top three staffs, maybe top four staffs. And the Celtics are one of those teams uh, for us here. Brad Stevens, top three coach. He, he just does, he does such a great job with that team. They are so filled with talent, right? Who's, who's one of the, one of our, I mean, he's already great, but one of our breakout players on that team, right? Jason, Jason Tatum, who you want to talk about a what if guy, he's already filling it. And if he can take that next step, then I think he puts that team on his back and, and could carry him either even into that tier one. Yeah. I Tatum was one of those guys coming out in the first couple seasons that I don't know if I really bought into as much. I will say I was thoroughly impressed with his bubble run and his footwork yep. has gotten better. I think that he's going to even take a bigger jump this off season and kind of, Hey, no, I am the guy. This is my team, right? I am the leader of the Celtics and you're going to kind of see that this year. Um, I think he, I think he's incredible. He's, he's honestly one of the t- top wings. He's probably one of the, obviously top 10, obviously in the top 10 of small forwards on, on that side. And mm-hmm. uh, he's going to continue to grow his game. He thoroughly impresses me and they have, a, they just have a great staff. And you guys say Jason Tatum, and I'm going to say Jalen Brown for that team. Um, I think Jalen Brown on the wing is the guy that they actually need to make the next step because I think I think Jason Tatum has made the step. Uh, I think he's there. I think he's I think he's a top ten player in the league and or top fifteen in that range. And I think he needs that one extra boost on the other wing, and that's going to be Jalen Brown, who does have the talent, who did take a step but they need that one big leap from him in order for them to probably get through because those two are a really dynamic duo on both ends of the floor. Um, and they, as you guys mentioned, a great coaching staff, toughness with Marcus Smart, great ball handler and creator with Kemba Walker, but they're going to need more from Kemba on the defensive end. You know, he got picked on. They, they, they ran him into screens and they forced him to switch and they picked on him and they couldn't get the stops when they needed to uh, in the bubble. And that's going to continue this year if they don't figure out how to get that position locked down, especially when it's the point guard position. Can I just jump in on Marcus Smart? Is he not the Patrick Beverly of the East? Like he's the guy who, if he's on your team, you love him. And if he's not, ooh boy, do you not enjoy him being out there? I just, I, I just think the difference is, is that that's a guy that at least backs is capable of backing up what the his style of play. Well, right, right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, Look, I I'm watched, not a big Pat I watched, yeah, I watched Patrick Beverly <laughs> try to do a jab step the on Harold last game preseason game and do a back three-pointer and almost airballed it he's not good he needs to come what out what, what what happens right you need to come out of the game, <laughs> need to come out of come the out game. game. yeah <laughs> i i like marcus smart i like his attitude but he is the guy where it's like it, it he's just a grinder he'll get up in you and he will uh just get after you so but you're right i love his i love his uh his attitude and his like get it on the court. All right. We're going to go to tier three. We ended with Celtics tier two, tier three. We're going to jump in. I'm going to go with the wizards here. And this is something that we discussed kind of prepping for this episode. The wizards 
addition with Westbrook is very intriguing. He's that bulldog, that energy guy that this might be a jolt for this team. Um, I, I think he can really bring something to that. Not only that, but it, it opens up Bradley Beal even more, right? So it gives him the chance that he was already second leading in the score. I think he can just keep playing off the ball even more and be ready to catch and suit situations, that type of thing. But Westbrook could do be exactly what Washington needs with that attitude. Yeah, he, to me, um, he's the guy in the East who could keep them at seven or could jump them to three. Um, you know, before yep. the bubble, he was averaging a triple-double, shooting 55% from the field. Um, he was absolutely torching people like he was in his previous years in Oklahoma City, and he was doing it with James Harden off the ball from him or with the ball, which to me means I think he could have a similar style year because he's going to have the ball more, and he's going to have a shooter as opposed to him being the catch-and-shoot guy or having to attack off the catch. He's going to have the ball in his hands, and we know where he thrives – transition and if you don't have the ball as a point guard in transition and you're always playing off the ball and you still put up a triple double on 55 percent shooting yeah you, you know you, you still got enough left in the tank to give this team a year or two of a really good run and he's back to a familiar system with scotty brooks his coach who he played for in oklahoma city uh all those things have connected really well for the washington wizards i i definitely see them as a as a top seven team uh this year and and foresee them possibly making it so our next team in our tier three on the Eastern Conference, I'm going to go ahead and uh, go get a beverage right now because we're going to talk about the Pacers. And uh, Zach, mm. take it away. Can you smell it? Boys, I listen to you talk about the Lakers constantly. I'm going to need you to mute the mics and let the big dog talk about his team. That's what I'm going to need. We're going to need to come out of the game. I'm going to need you to come out of the game. All right. Fair, fair. Carry on. All right, Pacers, the one thing about me, yes, I'm a diehard fan, but I am a realist fan. Pacers, with all of the changes in the East, you're my you're my eighth spot probably. Main reason, yeah, your roster stayed the same, and on paper your roster is really good, but you have a new coach, you have a new system. Now, in the preseason, which I don't take, you know, it's the preseason. It is what it is, but I like what I see. Again, we got Nate that took over. He was the assistant coach for the Raptors. You see a lot of the same plays coming through, a lot of the same schemes, active hands-on defense. They And they had so many deflections, which was really cool to see. A lot of turnovers are actually running, getting shots up early in the play clock, which was never their, their mod. That's not what they did. That's not what the Pacers did. They were a half-court basketball team, blue-collar, you know, big man feed the post inside out. Brogdon was looking to shoot. Depot was looking to shoot. Everybody was looking to shoot. In the first preseason game, they had 44 three-point attempts, which was the highest the Pacers have ever had, period, which is crazy (laughs) (laughs) in the preseason. So it can be a good or thing, good or bad thing. I don't know. I think you have growing pains with a new coach, new system. We've all seen that happen. You're, you're going to win 42 games is what I'll probably put the Pacers at this year. Surprise me and t- prove me wrong. I hope that. The one thing that I love, Oladipo looks like he has a lot of his athleticism back in his legs. I saw a lot of hanging layups, dunks. His three-point shots look like he has his legs under him. The 
the front court with him and, and Malcolm Brogdon could be very, very interesting to watch. I think that you'll see a lot of steals coming from that tandem and it could be a very, very fun defensive squad right there. We'll see though. Well, the, the Indiana Pacers, and, and I, I honestly mean no disrespect by this, but when I watch them, and I'm being serious, when I watch them, they I, are like, I love when sentences start that way. I, I'm being serious. <laughs> no like, disrespect. They are like – Before you say something, I'm going to need you to just watch what you say. Okay. okay. They remind me of like when I watch Hoosiers, right? They're tough. They're tough nose. They, they hustle like crazy. They play the game like kind of in an old school way, and that was in the past. And so this year with the new coaching staff, as you said, with 44 three-point attempts, how does that change how they can keep up with teams offensively? Uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I saw some highlights of Oladipo. I really like the way his legs look. Uh, and he, as we've said with all the other teams, he is the what-if factor for the mm-hmm. Indiana Pacers. He's the guy that if he can take that step in a contract year, which a lot of guys really want to do, uh, you know, don't get it twisted. He's trying to get that bag next year. And so what is he going to look like? Can he take that step for them? Can he bump them from this seven, eight seed up to a five or six? I don't know. Um, as we've been talking about the East so far, as every team we've listed is really, really talented. Um, and the Pacers have it. Um, but can they keep up enough offensively is always my question mark for them. Um, just kind of watching from an outsider's point of view. So, the last team on our tier, uh, which is our, our kind of in-between team that we, we feel like could easily make this 7, 8, or 9, depending on how the season goes, is the Atlanta Hawks, who we also hit on in our first episode. Uh, very young and exciting, right? We, they got Rajon Rondo. They got Bojan Bogdanovic. They got Danilo Gallinari. So a lot of really good scores and, and some veteran leadership in there. Um, they obviously still have Trey, who's going to be out there and looks really good so far in the preseason from what I've seen. Um, sleeper team to me could be out of the playoffs, depending on if they play to what a lot of people are used to them playing like. Could also make a jump and cause a little disruption in the East uh, in that bottom tier. I think, and we talked about this a little bit before too, but Rondo being there as a, as kind of a mentor for Trey and you know, Rondo's now won uh, championships with the two most historic franchises in the league coming off of a ring and going there. I just, it can't be anything but helpful because he's also not a guy who's going to try to take the spotlight from him. Right. He, he came into a backup role last time. I just think he'll be great. That coach on the floor that we talk about um, with Trey. And again, there's your, what if guy, right? If he takes that next step, um, then I think they can really go. And and again, we we forget because he wasn't able to uh, to play last year. But Clint Capella's on that team too, and that's another guy that you know he's he's not Siakam, but he he has that sort of hybrid forward role without maybe some of the ball skills. But you put him up around the rim. And I mean, he can do damage both on the offensive and defensive side there. So yeah, that's our, that's our tier. That's our three tiers. Um, and, you know, as we were kind of talking about this episode, we had, 
We had said I, the days of the the team in the East being 15 games under 500 and grabbing the eight spot, I think are done. There's a lot of talent that has migrated um, to the East. One, just just uh, sort of organically with the way these teams have been built. But then you got some of those guys from the West that have come over and uh, and it, it should be a really, really competitive conference um, with, again, for us, those top three teams kind of uh, setting the pace, but lots of other places or lots of other teams that could, that could work their way up over the course. As an Eastern Conference guy, being a Pacers fan, I'm going to need a chance for the East to be a little bit better. I'm sick of you Western Conference people taking over things. Lakers are always up there. I'm just sick of it. I need an Eastern team to do something. Welcome to the party. Yeah, we're glad you could make it. So those are our nine in three different tiers. Uh, we're going to hit the West, but before we hit the West, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Welcome back to X's and O's NBA Breakdown. I'm your host, Mark Tinklenberg. I'm here with Mike Herringa and Zach Walker. Just a reminder to add us on Twitter and Instagram at X underscore breakdown. Subscribe and listen to our pod. Make sure you try to give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We're continuing our conversation here today with the tiers and the top teams in each conference. We've hit the East. We're going to move on to the West. Uh, we've set up these three tiers just a little bit differently uh, based on where we felt like the teams fell into place. Uh, top team in the West um, is your, well, not your, our Los Angeles our. Lakers. <laughs> uh, coming back with the number one seed, an incredible offseason for the Lakers with the additions that they have, have made. Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder um, coming in. Obviously, Mark Gasol at the center position. Taylor Horton Tucker taking a huge step already in the preseason. Uh, this is just an absolutely loaded roster. Uh, Wesley Matthews, veteran leadership. We hit on them as the top free agent winner in episode one. They come in as our defending champs. And uh, we also foresee them being the top team, not just in the West, but overall in the league this year. Um, you know, something that, is really important is that they have two lineups right now. They have 10 guys that they can throw at you in waves. Um, their second unit is going to be just as good as a lot of teams. First units. Um, they can pick and choose how they want to play. If they want to slow down, if they want to run in transition, 
if they want to spread you out and hit threes, if they want to, if they want to, uh, you know, attack the rim, they have options for everything. This is such a well-constructed roster with obviously still the top dog in the league in LeBron James and your one B is Anthony Davis. Yeah. Lord Palenka in his second year after kind of remember he was waiting to see what Kawhi was going to do last year and then had to get uh, once they got AD, then they put all those pieces together. They make a run uh, for the Larry O'Brien trophy and win the off season. I mean, it's almost a little unfair, right, Zach? <laughs> it's uh, it is. <laughs> And all right, really that's good. So, okay. So <laughs> the, <laughs> but so, so I, you know, they've had two, they've had two preseason games and, and Mark, to your point, they could put out a lineup for anything. You know, I, I don't know exactly if, uh, if Mark Gasol's, he's not going to be an upgrade defensively. Right. But to watch him at the top of the key, just dishing, to the cutters and doing that high pick and roll and throwing over people to the rim. I mean, it's, they can play with anybody and and you're right. They have a lineup that can kind of match up your, their second team might be a tier three team. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) I mean, there's just, and, and Talon talk about a little bit later uh, in a little more detail, but they just Palenka pulled off, the best off season uh, last year, but it doesn't feel like uh, that, that they, that they're going to miss anything. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's going to, it's theirs to lose, right? They'd have to beat themselves for something to happen. And that's not going to happen. This is going to be a repeat year unless injuries do happen. Knock on wood. I hope everyone stays healthy because I think they deserve it with what they did in the off season. LeBron is LeBron and Palinka put a team together and I didn't know if it was going to get any better than it was last year. And they came and they told me to shut up because it did. Yeah. This they gonna they be were, great. they were really clutch. Hey, Oh, uh, yep. Got that. I like yeah, that. I see what there. you did there. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. All right. I'll go straight into team two. Are you guys done with the Lakers? Can I move on to team two now? Yeah, you're yeah, clear. For, we give you for now. Give you, yeah, for now. Perfect. So team two, we're going to go straight to the nuggets. Nuggets have been that regular season team that kind of like Milwaukee, their, their regular season records is phenomenal, right? They, they do a great job. Um, I think that they have a great coaching staff. They, they do really well. They're hard to beat. They're a hard to beat team. But what I like about them is that in the bubble, they finally showed a little of that gumption, a little bit of that testicular fortitude, if you will. And came back and beat the Clippers being down three to one, which first of all, is hilarious, but, <laughs> and, and, and great, but they're, they're going to continue to get better. I really do think that this is going to be a hard team to beat this year come playoff time. After beating the jazz coming down from three, one as well, the nuggets developed that, uh, that X factor in the playoffs that they needed. They were so desperate to find, uh, I didn't think it was going to happen versus Utah Jazz. I thought, yep, same old Denver Nuggets, super talented, fall apart uh, when things get a little tough. And that ended up flipping the script and leading them to the Western Conference Finals. 
and they really separated themselves. I feel like they found out so much about who they need to be to be that second team or in the top tiers we have right now. Uh, and I think that that will continue because again, their scouting department is a, is on par or just as good as the Lakers with their late round picks, their second round picks. Uh, they have an extremely deep roster that matches up with everybody's. Um, and I'm going to include the Lakers the way that they can mix and match you as well. Uh, the Nuggets are going to be a handful again for a lot of teams. And specifically, they're going to be in that top tier in the West. Well, and remember that Nuggets Lakers series, Nuggets had a bunch of injuries that they had to work through too. And they still, they played tough. Yeah, they're going to be, that's that's why we have them in tier. So tier? Who don't we have in tier one, Mark? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, you know what? I'm looking at the notes right now. I don't see the Clippers, and that's because they're not in tier one. That's because right. as an organization, <laughs> they need to come out of the gate. Okay. So they've been <laughs> moved to down to tier two. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know what the hell's going on over there. Okay. Right. Paul George gets a max contract. Why? Why? Why are you getting a max contract? You just hit the side of a backboard and went over in the second half in a game seven. Yep. No. Yep. The answer is no. Jerry West, you're getting sued. Why? Why are you getting sued? The I'm logo. Gonna tell you why. I'm going to tell you why you're getting sued. Because you're in a bad organization. Okay? <laughs> you're in a really bad organization. I'm going to need you to step out of there. I'm going to need you to come back to the Lakers. Or hell, go back to Golden State. I don't care. Get away from the Clippers. They're ruining your reputation. They are a dumpster fire. Okay? But they're talented enough to win you some games. And that's really all we have to say about the Clippers. Do you guys have anything to add? I really don't. Nope. Sure don't. All right, continue. So our next team in Tier 2 is the Mavs. They have uh, – I, I just saw today, and uh, today's Tuesday. I just saw today that the best odds for winning the MVP this year is Luka. At 30-something percent, LeBron's at 29 percent, and boy, is he good, right? If you listen last week, uh, Jack was talking about Porzingis and some of the the circus clown show that he can put up, but that, that, that kid's got some talent, too. If he can figure out what it takes to get to the next step, that team's, that team's nasty because Luca's just – he's sick. Luca's going to continue to kill, you know, right? We were talking about how KD's going to come back and kill. Like, Luca is that guy. He talked about how easy it is to score in the NBA and found it easier than the Euro League. This dude can shoot anywhere, right? I mean, he can do everything the way that – he sees the floor. He's probably become one of my favorite NBA stars. And I could actually call him a star right now. Um, the one thing, and I want to see this happen because I actually like the, the Mavs and mainly because I'm a huge Rick Carlisle friend, just Pacers family. Chris Stapps needs to stay healthy. Again, we're going into a new season with him being injured again. And, to continue to have that chemistry, we got to have him in the game. So Luca has some really great options. Kristaps, he had a great season last year and, and was shooting lights out. I just need him to stay on the floor. 
Yeah, there was a reason why LeBron James came out and said that Luca was actually the first guy out of anybody that he wanted to sign to Team LeBron and that shoe uh, deal that he had. He wanted Luca to not just join Nike or not just join Jordan. He wanted him to be with LeBron, which would have been his first ever signing under his own. And there's a reason why, you know, he reminds him a lot of himself. And that's and that's what Luca will do. Uh, he is other than watching the Lakers. He is personally my favorite player to watch. Um, I love the way that he flows, his step backs, his his high arcing shots his gutsy plays, his late, his late offense in huge situations. And he's just, he is the next star in line. Um, You know, there's a reason that why, like Mike said, that he's going to be in the running for that MVP race. Um, The next team is the trailblazers who we surprisingly have in this top tier in the second tier. Um, ESPN predicted them to not make the playoffs. Uh, I foresee them being a top six team in the West for sure. Um, I think they just have so much. And we talked about them as a, as a free agent winner as well. These, this was one of the four. Uh, if they stay healthy, guys, uh, sky's really the limit for this team. Again, as we've talked about on the East, I know you guys will talk about it. They have two players that are the what ifs. And if they can take yet another step, a star in Dame Lillard. But do they have enough in that front court to take him over the top? Yeah, I think Melo actually embracing whatever role is handed to him is huge, right? I think he's finally kind of like, look, I'm, I'm not the guy. I'll come off the bench. He loves that the Trailblazers took a chance on him, which is why he resigned with them this year. He probably could have gotten a little bit more money somewhere else. I, th- I know the Knicks really wanted to bring him back, but Melo's like, I'll go be a third, fourth option. I may have a night where I score 20 points, 25 points when I get hot, but he's just there to help that organization, which is huge. And then you have their center, Nurkic. I think he's finally healthy. I think that's what helps me bring them to that second tier because they didn't have him, right? I I think that he adds that extra what they need down low to help Dame and and Mello and those guys really kind of mold things together. Mike, what do you think about them? Well, in that fr- in the front court, we talked about a couple episodes ago. They they pick up Enos Cantor, right? Who is insurance up there um, in the front court and and a body more than a body. He he's a player. He's been around for a long time and and has what last time he was there, thirteen points, right? Thirteen points a game for them. So he can bring it, and then. Again, Derek Jones Jr., who in that 3-4 spot is just going to uh, attack the rim and give them um, some of that front court athleticism that you need to deal with some of these West Coast teams. Anybody else? Anything? Now let's go to Team 4. Um, in our Tier 2, we'll wrap it up with Utah. Utah is always a great team they play good team ball um not many changes on their roster um I, I see them kind of they'll win that 42 games but they're usually a tough out right they play every they're always in every game so they could either be at the bottom of this they could slip down to tier three maybe depending on what happens in tier three 
they'll win that 42 to 45 games, but probably exit in the first round, in my opinion. What Tink, what you got on these with these guys? Yeah, I, you know, the, it's tough to to foresee with with the 72 games. Uh, 42 to 45 could put them a little bit higher in this tier, um, and they they have great coaching as well. Quinn Snyder's a great coach. Um, you know, has, has been so successful with this style of roster. They will get Mike Conley for a full season now. They got him at the trade deadline. Mike Conley's a Which special player. Yeah, he's a special player when he's healthy. Getting him for a full offseason and then having him in the bubble last year. And and don't forget, guys, he had to sit two games in the playoffs uh, with his family having to test for COVID. Um, so he had to – he sat – uh, as well, because he left to help his family, and so that you know, did that help? Did that hurt them late in the in that you know when they were up three one? Did it hurt them closing them out? Probably, and so uh, this could turn for them. They're a solid team, but they don't have the the it factor that we've been talking about with the other teams. Donovan Mitchell could be, uh, and he was in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I suppose I should eat my words a little bit. He is that guy, but does he have enough around him to make a jump to that second or third round in the playoffs? No, Rudy Gobert obviously helps there too, but you know, there's some rumors out there that he might not be there the whole season. And then that sort of shakes things up for them. But uh, Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley, along with the Blazers, man, that tier two backcourt and Luca, I mean, that tier two backcourt, those three teams, there are some ballers back there. So let's look into tier three. Now, there are some, there are a couple of mainstays in the Western Conference that we have in tier three, and then an upstart. So let's start with our our mainest of mainstays and go to the Warriors. So the Warriors were obviously had a four-year run um, for the finals and, and were unbelievable, right? Some were saying the best team of all time, certainly a couple of the best shooters of all time. Um, and Steph is back. Steph is healthy. Obviously, Clay getting hurt. And, and that was part of the conversation we had last week with Jack about fighting back from that injury on your knee. And you're finally there. You're in the gym. You're, you're putting up shots. And then to go out another year and, and what that's got to do both for him and that team. But they still have a lot of talent, and they have a lot of experience. They, Steph and Draymond, they know what it takes to win. They know what it takes to get there. Um, but I just I don't I don't think they have enough talent to push out any of those other teams until maybe we see more. You know, they could Steph could go bananas, and they could be a tier one a tier two team. But until until I see more from them, I think that's a pretty good spot for them, sort of fighting for that 7-8 spot. Yeah, I, Steph being healthy means Golden State's going to win more games, of course. They're going to make the playoffs, in, in my opinion. I think they're going to be they're going to be fine in that Tier 3. Um, Kelly Oubre coming. It's it's not clay, but it does help. I like Kelly Oubre. He has he has a step that I'd like him to take, but I've seen good things from him. Good three and D, lengthy wing player that'll give them a little something on that side. But look for Steph to put the team on his shoulders and try to go win some for his buddy Clay. 
Yeah, I like what you just said. I was going to say the same thing. I, I think that we could see Steph just strap the squad on the back and carry this team. Uh, he's got some uh, personal probably agendas to fix. Uh, I think there's quite a few people that have – that they know he – they talk about that they know he's still great. But, you know, he's been out. And when you lose sight of that conversation when you're a star – uh, you get a little bit more driven. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he just says, all right, boys, come on, follow me, and he he brings this team to the playoffs. Our next team uh, that I have a huge asterisk by um, that there's a couple things depending is the Houston Rockets. Um, they add John Wall to Marcus Cousins, and they have about a 35-pound overweight James Harden that's currently on the floor right now. Um, yeah, he, it looks like they fast forwarded to 2035. Um, that's that, why he doesn't um, shave his beard. Yeah, yeah. He's that uncle that came to the cookout that you haven't seen in a couple years and right. boy, he let himself go. Yeah. 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 It was <laughs> not good. Um, but huge asterisks based on what happens with him. This team could easily flip out and we could put the San Antonio Spurs in their position who they are actually playing tonight, I believe. Um, and so, you know, the Spurs, uh, currently aren't in this tier, but but that could flip-flop based on what we do. I got to be honest, I don't like a lot about the Rockets. I don't like how their team's constructed. I think they have a lot of injury-prone players that they added, and that's really tough. It doesn't mean they can't still be good and compete, but I don't see anything championship-level on their roster right now. All right, so we've got the two mainstays that we're used to seeing uh, as – Tier one, certainly tier two Western Conference team. And now we're going to head off to m- maybe the most exciting team in the bubble last year for that eight great eight game regular season uh, extravaganza. And that is the Phoenix Suns. One of our favorite players, one of Zach's favorite players, Chris Paul, has come over there. And this it. is this is another backcourt. Uh, Mark, you and I were talking a couple days ago and talking about is Devin Booker a dark horse for MVP? And if, if the end of the year last year, now obviously they didn't make it right, but they went eight. No, if the end of the year last year and his play last year is any indication, he's the guy that, that if he's going to take a step, I mean, it's not, it's not the stairs, it's an escalator because he's going up fast. And that backcourt is incredible. I think Chris Paul brings, the uh, experience and being able to, you know, again, last week we talked to Jack about what it, what it takes to be a floor general. Well, there's your guy. That's the guy that's going to be able to take over the pace of the game. He's going to be able to get um, to get, get the ball to the right person. He's going to be able to take that little mid-range. Um, but Devin Booker is the guy that is going to take them places if they go. I don't know if there could have been a better pickup for Devin Booker to have, right? So he, they've been wanting the ball, and he's been playing point guard for the Suns, even with rookie Rubio being there. Um, Booker had, was handling the ball so much more. So now you have Chris Paul to be able to um, run off that pick and roll, have Devin Booker in the corner a lot of plays, and just be ready to catch and shoot. So I think you're going to see Booker – do some things. So I, I, again, I think the, these sons, not only are going to be fun. Oh, and don't let me forget 
DeAndre Ayton is going to be huge for this team as well, right? I think he had a great season. You'll see him take a huge jump being there in the middle and running the pick and roll with Chris Paul. Yeah, the Suns, Suns make a huge jump. Great offseason for them. James Jones, the GM over there, making crucial time trades. Yeah. And uh, we saw what they did in the bubble going 8-0, and, and I know that, that they, as a team, are hanging their hat on that. I love Monty Williams as a coach. Um, Chris Paul is just the bulldog. It's exa- he's the bulldog they need, right? They didn't need any more finesse. They didn't need any more. St- they needed a dog, a bulldog. He's their guy. So that is, um, that is our three tiers in the West. Um, as you can see, tier one, there was only two teams. And then tier two, there were four teams kind of meshed together. And tier three were those bottom three that we have. Uh, so we're looking forward to seeing how this all shakes up. But I think those are 18 pretty solid teams that are going to make a run to the playoffs in, uh, in no particular order. So we're going to finish this episode uh, with our three-point play this week. And we are each going to talk about a young player that we have seen uh, so far that we think is going to make a huge jump. We've been talking about the it factor a lot tonight. We've been talking about guys that if they take the next step, well, we're just going to talk about uh, each one of us is going to pick a guy that we foresee doesn't necessarily have to be young, but, but I'm sure many of these guys are. So I'm going to let Mike start and uh, pick who he thinks is going to take a big jump for a team this year. Well, I'm going to take THT. Because he's dynamite, right? See what I did there? I see what you did there. That was yeah. that was interesting. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Um, but he he's an interesting case because the Lakers are so loaded that, you know, I was, I was seeing on Twitter a couple of charts of how he's going to even be able to get minutes. And it looks like 12 minutes, maybe 14, 15 minutes a game is going to be his max. But I was listening to an interview um, and – the the reporter was saying, and we'll tr- maybe put it in the show notes if I can if I can find it because I don't remember right now. But the reporter was talking to Frank Vogel um, at the end of the year last year, and Vogel was like, "This son of a gun is going to be uh, pushing for a starting job next." Year. And the reporter was like, um, "Excuse me," but in these first two, we saw it a little bit in the playoffs, but in these first two bubble games, this guy is is taking the next step. Um, And again, he's an interesting choice because I don't know how much he's going to play in the regular season. But when we talk about the options that the Lakers have um, to put all of those different lineups on the floor, um, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be a part of that. And if we look forward and spin this forward, he's going to be a part of this organization. And if not, he's going to be a, a piece that they can trade because that th- he has taken the next steps and I want to see him, you know, one of the things that Vogel does is he gets those, those picks in the thirties and the forties, you know, he got that whole haul that went to new Orleans for Anthony Davis uh, with Brandon Ingram and, you know, Lonzo was higher, but um, Josh Hart. And then they picked up um, Kuz toward in, in the thirties. And they did the same thing with, with THT and they just do such a great job as an organization of finding those, those players that they see can take the next step. And we're seeing Taylor Horton Tucker take that next step. And I anticipate it 
uh, going forward. Yeah, drafted by the Orlando Magic in the second round, Lakers immediately trade for him, seeing the potential that he had a definite star in the making. Yep. All right, I'm going to talk and actually throw a little bit of an audible here. I had a different guy picked out that I was going to speak of, and of course he was a pacer, and I just can't do that. Actually, as I started thinking about it, Wiseman for the Warriors is somebody that I want to see do something good for that team. He's a young kid that we didn't get to see very much of yet, right? But the potential was out of the roof. He only played three games in Memphis, averaged 19 points, but it's three games. But this was Gatorade Player of the Year in 2019 and honestly might have to do some things for a team that no longer has clay. So you have Steph and you have Wiseman now playing as like, honestly, on the roster, the best center. Um, but I, I'm actually very excited to see what he might get to just kind of, I say, mature quickly and be thrown into the fire with Clay and those guys on the wings where it's just like, go be athletic, go grab the ball, dunk it when we can. Let's do some pick and roll. Wiseman's a guy that I'm going to keep my eye on this season that could either we might not see anything whatsoever or he could actually be very, very good. Yeah, that's a guy that that has the ability to turn into one of those game changing players. He's got the talent. for. And my final pick is going to be another rookie. Uh, and oddly enough, I'm, I was going to pick his older brother, but I'm going to say LaMelo Ball in Charlotte. Uh, the excitement that he brings to that franchise at the point guard position, tall guard, um, lank, uh, long and lanky, and, and just an incredible passer, much better than I think anybody knew or saw. Um, he's going to really help them at the guard position. And I was going to say his brother Lonzo, who surprisingly I think needs to have – he needs to have another big year. And I'm actually expecting him to do really well. Um, I think that those Pelicans, who we didn't mention tonight – could sneak right on in if he steps up his game, him and Zion. Um, so I like both the ball brothers. I want to see both of them uh, take a jump. And I think that we could see great things from both of them. Well, guys, that is the end of episode Numero four. We appreciate you guys listening again at us, rate us, uh, leave some comments. We love doing this and we love being a part of your day. So with that, we're going to end Mambo on three. One, One, two, two, three. three. Mambo. Mambo. We'll see you all next time. Take it easy. Bye. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, subscribe, or comment on any of our social media sites at X underscore breakdown. See you next week. And remember, Mamba on three.